Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Mind Your Marketing. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we have Sarah Poland. She is the CEO, founder at Supergirl. Cool conversation just about her and her mom starting a soup company, the evolution of that company, having storefronts, COVID happening, reinventing the company, going with full retail, bottled soup. Interesting, interesting story behind their company and really, I think, a more powerful mission in what they're doing too. So they do a lot with the fair food program, which we talk about and Sarah's very passionate about. And I think it rings through the episode when I learned a lot. So I think you will learn a lot if you check out this episode, stick around. It's a fun one. But before we get into it, as always, this show is brought to you by Cave. That is at cavesocial.com. We are a marketing agency that drives ROI through social media. So if you're having trouble with paid creative performance, social strategy, you name it, come over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to chat and help you out. All right, now let's sit back, relax, and get into this episode. Hey, Sarah, what's going on? How you doing, Jordan? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I'm excited to have you on and talk it up, talk it up all things Supergirl. And let's get into that. What What is Supergirl? How did you come up with the concept for the company? And walk me through the journey to date. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been answering this question for 15 years, and I'm always trying to keep it fun and sexy. But in 2008, my mom and I basically wanted to get involved in just taking down the industrial food system. We were extraordinarily naive. I mean, as the words come out of my mouth, I'm like, nice, great. But we just kind of plunged in after learning that how broken the food system is. And we were a little bit ahead of our time. We started what's now known as a D2C company. We <laughs> set up a website making homemade soup, delivering to people's homes and offices. So basically we were the OG DoorDash cooking out of a rental kitchen. And we basically prided ourselves in sourcing from local farms, cooking vegan, cooking healthy. And we didn't realize there was such a profound need. I mean, we did some research I read small businesses for dummies, took a few classes, but we took off. We got a lot of press. People were really digging it. At our core, we were cooking what people wanted to be eating, the way people wanted to be eating. And so, you know, delivered to people's homes and offices. We started doing catering and farmer's markets. We opened up our own soup shops in D.C. We opened up a second one. We did pop-ups and then we got into Whole Foods and then we got into Costco and then we got, you know, we just kept growing. And then, as everyone knows, March of 2020 happened. I still have PTSD from that period and I think we all are still recovering, but that really COVID kind of marked the second iteration of the company and marked the before and after of what Supergirl was and is today. And I say that not only in terms of how we get our soup to consumers, but also our values. You know, prior to 2000, 2020, we prided ourselves on having our farmers on speed dial and, you know, really being hyper-local. And we realized we were never going to be able to expand as big as we really realized we could by this hyper-focus on local. By the way, we still work with all of those farms. However, we also, during COVID, became keenly aware, to be honest, of how corrupt the food system really is. And we were really just scratching the surface. And what I'm talking about is 
the labor issues. So we learned during COVID that we were okay as a society letting people die for our bacon. And I thought as we worked so hard to keep our team safe during COVID, getting like contraband masks, I literally like gave someone $500 in cash in like some random neighborhood in DC for, for the first batch of masks. And we brought in doctors and health, fully subsidized health insurance. But when I scratched the surface of our supply chain and the agricultural industry, I was devastated. What are, sorry to jump in. You know, I'm a complete newbie to what this corruption is. Like what, what are some of the examples? That's unfortunately, Jordan, you, so was I. And nobody knows. It, it's so strange to me how a lot of people know about fair trade coffee fair trade chocolate, what's going on in other countries and how much work is being done. You know, we learned about that company that Sheen, the fashion right. company, what's going on in China. And no one knows what's going on right here in the United States. And what's going on is forced labor, sexual assault, old fashioned slavery. I mean, people right now dying in the fields of heat, no access to water, to shade. It is shocking that people don't know what's going on in our own country. In December of 2021, there was a, a slavery bust in the state of Georgia. Wow. Yes. So uh, that's something I could talk about forever. So in 2020, we became connected with the Fair Food Group. It's not Fair Trade. It's not Rainforest Alliance. Fair Food, it's the first worker-created, worker-enforced labor rights organization founded by the laborers and enforced by the laborers. These are not standards that were created in a boardroom somewhere and enforced once a year when there's a yearly audit. These are laborers themselves who came up with the standards, enforce, go to the farms and do education, go to the farms and do enforcement. They staff a 24-7 hotline. And to me, that's the biggest difference. And I know I'm, I'm off on a tangent, but no, this is good. I could literally talk about this for days. On Fair Food Certified Farms, if there's a violation, the farm workers can call this hotline and there's immediately an investigation. And if there's too many violations, these farms that have this certification will lose their certification and therefore lose the ability to sell to retailers and restaurant groups that have signed on to the program, such as Walmart, Whole Foods, the Fresh Market, Compass Group. Supergirl became, we worked with them for a year to become the first CPG certified company. And that's the future, I think, of this piece and of the fair food program. And we need to get consumers aware of what's going on in our own country. And so rolling it back in COVID, we shut down our, our soup shops. We shut down the farmers. All we are focusing on now is retail growth. We're trying to get our product with that stamp into the hands of as many consumers as possible where they shop. You know, whether it's Whole Foods, whether it's the Fresh Market, Harris Teeter, Costco, and the great thing is our product's delicious. It's handcrafted, all natural, my mother's recipes, certified kosher, no gluten, vegan, delicious, ready to heat and eat soup and ready to drink gazpacho, chilled gazpacho. And that's a long story. No, it's good. I, I have two questions to kind of like piggyback off of that. Yeah. The first being, how do you balance the emotional weight of some of these topics yeah. with your day to day and your own mental health as a, you know, a human, an entrepreneur and trying to run the business without becoming, you know, angry, disheartened, like for oh, too yeah, long, yeah. right? You know, how, how, do you have any methods or? <laughs> well, I laugh. I mean, I laugh at a lot because I have like, I'm not everyone's favorite, like dinner guest because... <laughs> 
before watermelon season. I mean, we were laughing. My my friends brought out some watermelon. I'm like, where'd you get that watermelon? They're like, the store. And I'm like, ooh, watermelon, big source of slavery. And it became like a joke. Like, hey, can you pass the slavery watermelon? Which is so awful, but it's so absurd what's going on. You 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 have to you have to step back. And to be honest, you know, 2023, any CPG founder who tells you they're just kicking ass right now is they're not telling the truth. This is extremely challenging times for emerging brands. I, you know, I'm sure Kraft Heinz is doing great, but you know, emerging brands were, it's challenging for us right now. And so I think what I do is I focus so much on the business and keeping the business alive and growing. And I mentally have kind of made that compromise of like, I'm doing everything I can. And if I keep this business where it's at and growing, I'm doing my part and I'm helping grow this movement. And I've made my peace with that because actually just last night I went out to dinner with a friend and I'm vegan. So I try to, I really feel every meal I approach with thoughtfulness, but like, I don't know where this restaurant's sourcing from. I don't, I don't know. I I have to live, you know, I just know that every day as I build this business, I truly believe we are pushing food in the right direction. Right. There's a mission in behind the, you know, the right and left foot that move forward every day. Yeah. And then the second question for you would be, before you started the company, were you, were your mom, were you in the food business? Were you just like, we like making this homemade soup? Like, what was the experience level like before jumping in? Would you say? None. No, none. I was a stand-up comic in New York. And the reason soup, people ask why soup. So soup is the perfect food. If a well-made bowl of soup is the perfect food, you can get plant-based protein and fiber and hydration and vegetables. And when I used to live in New York, uh, contrary to popular opinion, stand-up comedy is not a very lucrative career. (laughs) I did a lot of pro bono work, if you will, (laughs) and I was not rolling in it. And my folks would come up, you know, every few months and my mom would bring up a cooler of individually packaged soup that she had made. And I would just stuff my freezer with soup. And that, that's just like all I ate. So I don't know what other people eat because I've literally existed on soup for a very long time. <laughs> and no, I don't get sick of it. So we did not have any experience. And I'm very grateful for that because we did a lot of really risky things you know, we probably shouldn't have done some of the things we did, but we didn't know any better. And so we did them. And thank goodness we did. She had retired, but she taught me everything I know in the kitchen. These are her recipes. So we don't know how to add preservatives. We don't know how to cook like that because they're her recipes. And I literally read Small Business for Dummies. P.S. I still reference that book sometimes. And, (laughs) And I took some classes with our local uh, SBA and DC has some, you know, score, took a couple classes and we launched. So no, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. We just, we had a lot of energy and I love it. Just going right. And then figuring it out along the way. I feel like whole building the plane while you're flying it, the very, uh, building while flying. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So now, you know, we're on the other side of COVID as much as we can be. And what is Supergirl 2.0, you retail expansion, but what's the company look like? Is it remote, you know, dispersed team? Is it, is it you and your mom still going? Is it you're handling a lot of it? Like walk me through what your day to day or week looks like, you know, running the company and how much time you're spending in the business versus maybe on the business. 
It's so funny you say that. We are so opposite of that. We opened up a new production facility just a few months ago and moved in and consolidated. We had like our old storefront and we had to wait for the lease to end. And that was like our R&D small kitchen. We had another production facility downtown where it was like a miracle that we produced as much as we did out of there. We just consolidated. We now have offices and storage and production all in one place. So now for the first time in my life, I have a commute. I used to bike in to where our old store was. That's where my quote unquote office, it was like the mop closet. I'm not exaggerating at all. So I have an office, which is weird. I have a commute, which is, I listen to a lot of podcasts now. Um, (laughs) And our margins have, it's amazing what, what this facility has done for our margins. We're all able to collaborate every day. It's been incredible. So I'm in it every day. Not cooking. We have a team that does that, thank goodness. But, you know, working with our production team, the marketing team, it's not, you know, person, uh, COO, CF. It's just, it's incredible. And yeah, we are hyper-focused on making sure we're nailing those SKUs, you know, doing some SKU rationalization, figuring out what's working, what's not, and expansion, smart expansion, looking at velocities on a store level, looking at our regional velocities, seeing what's working where and building organically on that rather than just trying to like go gangbusters into as many new doors as possible. Yeah, that makes it makes sense. That's one that's really cool to see. I'm sure you've had those moments where you pinch yourself, you look around and go, whoa, this is real. Yes. <laughs> now, in terms of soup, I guess one, are there any places that surprised you with more velocity than maybe you thought was going to be there? Two, is there a seasonality to the business just with like soup and winter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our gazpacho in the summer is insane. It has grown year over year 50%. It's insane. Wow. It's this bottled, refreshing, so healthy, so delicious, just nutritious amazingness in a bottle. And we kind of own the bottled soup category. There are a couple of people that have tried, but we've really nailed this recipe with our gazpacho. So there isn't nearly as much seasonality as you would think because of the uh, summer soup program. And that has surprised me quite a bit. We're really starting to, we're kind of, we're on the tail of Panera. We're catching up to him in the South in Kroger. And I'm I'm just really excited about that because soup is a category that hasn't seen enough innovation like it's ready for us. It's just these giants that have been doing the same old, same old. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And now we are, we're announcing ourselves. We're here and we're doing what consumers want. The data supports us, you know, with our values, with our nutrition, with the convenience, with the innovative flavors. So we're kind of charging forward cautiously, smartly, but we know we're in a space that it's just ready for innovation. It's so stale. So I'm delighted by what I'm seeing. That's cool. And I'm with you. I think that there's always a pressure, and we kind of talked about this off air a little bit, right? That pressure to get in certain aisles and everybody's crowding that one category. And then there's so many other categories and items and food groups that are ready for, you know, that need the innovation and are ready for disruption because it's really just the old monsters that have been there of like, yeah, I get it. Campbell's has done make soup, right? Like, okay, the same package for like, 800 years. We're ready for something new. We're ready for something new. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, there's so many people we see on LinkedIn, the CPG founders in this era are doing such cool stuff. There's such cool stuff happening. I'm blown away by what I see at, you know, every expo, but a lot of it involves a lot of consumer education. You have to explain what a fermented protein, pea, whatever it is, 
Versus like, no guys, it's soup. Ah, yeah. soup. So, okay, there's a chilled soup that requires a little bit, but like it's soup. And I'm pretty grateful that we did choose that. It's, it's classic. It's a hug from your mom. It's a memory, you know? Yeah, it's not mushroom protein adaptogen fizzy fiber water. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And no offense to anybody doing those companies. You're you're fighting an uphill battle. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very, very cool. Now, before I let you go, if people want to get some soup or find out more about the company, where should they head? Please go to supergirl.com and that is spelled soup, not we're not the DC comic. S O U P E R G I R L. You can see a little video about what we did did with the Fair Food program. Go to our store like locator. Hopefully we're in a refrigerator near you. We are not shelf stable. This is a fresh product or we deliver to people. We do still have our D2C business. We deliver nationwide, but you know, check out what we're doing. If there can be one thing that people take away from this is do a little bit of research on the fair food program. We all need to be more aware of what's going on here in America. And we can be part of the solution if we all kind of get involved and get aware. Very cool. I will put links to all of those so people can check out the site, get some soup, but also learn more about the fair food program. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, Jordan, thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Hit the like, share, subscribe, comment, whatever buttons are at the bottom of the app you're listening to this on. I appreciate you, and I'll catch you next episode.